Welcome back, everybody. Mission Daily. I don't even know what last episode was about, but today, my buddy Stephanie has brought to me an interesting idea. I have heard concepts like this, but truthfully, I've not implemented any of this. It's this concept of buying back your time and specifically, wait, is this only for your personal no, life or is it for your business, too. for work, work life? Too. Okay, so I've seen it applied for work, obviously, but never personal. Um, but Steph, give us an introduction. There's a gentleman by the name of Dan Martell. He has invested in software companies. He's exited a few of them. And he writes this book uh, called Buy Back Your Time uh, to give give some our uh, listeners a frame of reference. This is a Wall Street Journal bestseller. But the idea is how you use your free time will make or break your success. The secret, it's not about working harder or finding more time to do work. It's about designing the freedom to engage in the high value work that brings you energy and fulfillment. This is at the heart of the message that has made Dan Martell the world's most popular SaaS coach. I think it's interesting it's only for SaaS. Um, but now in his first book, Buy Back Your Time, he teaches entrepreneurs at every level how to scale their business. You are currently reading this book, Stephanie. Let's start here. What sparked you to even want to talk about this subject? Yeah, so, okay. When I met Dan, I was at a entrepreneur founder networking event in Cabo and he was the one he was doing a presentation there that I actually was like this is very interesting and it's a different concept than I've heard I've heard a lot of people talking about how to outsource how to figure out like look around in your business audit your business find the things that you shouldn't be doing I mean it feels obvious many of us still don't do that well um, but afterwards he and I were chatting and he was kind of showing me how his whole life was mapped out this way it wasn't just his business. It wasn't just looking at the business and being like, oh, maybe I shouldn't send emails. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. I need to focus on this. He showed me his whole house plan. He showed me like his, you know, how to take care of his lawn and who he hired out to do that and who he hired out to get his groceries. And the whole concept was that most entrepreneurs, when they're building a business, they will eventually hit this pain line. And this entrepreneur will either start stalling their business, they'll sabotage it, or they'll eventually sell it when maybe they actually shouldn't sell it. And a lot of this is just because they're doing things that they don't like doing. They're putting energy towards something they don't like doing and they shouldn't be doing. And they don't have enough time because we all have the same amount of time, but how you use it is obviously very important. And so I started reading his book mainly because I was impressed by him in Cabo. And I'm like, okay, he was a friend. Let me like support his book. But as I started diving into it, I'm like, I think this would be good to talk to you about this with because we might have different ideas about it. Like you said, you've never thought about like, how do I buy back my time in my personal life? And this was something I started thinking about this year. And that's what I wanted to talk about today, because I think as an entrepreneur, something that I've noticed is that there is no separation. There is no business and personal life. No, no matter like how many times people tell me, oh, you got to keep those two things separate. You can't. And it's not just because I oftentimes date people inside my company. That's a whole different thing. <laughs> not because of that. It is, be and not anymore, actually. Now, Albert put HR standards here, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but there is no separation. And so, like, how do you keep, and this is for anyone, like, how do you keep the founder, the CEO incentivized and encouraged to want to come every single day to work and be excited? And a lot of that might be also helping take care of personal life stuff, figuring out what that looks like to make sure they can show up in their best, you know, attitude, energy every single day and audit the business at the same time. So there's a lot of places we can go in this conversation, but yeah, most of all, I wanted to put this guy on your radar because I think he's an interesting one to follow and a good conversation to be had. Yeah. Well, let's start with what 
specifically got you to say, huh, this is a little bit different because I think we've all been there in work on a work basis. Hey, I'm spending too much time doing BD. Okay. Let me hire someone to do business development. Hey, I'm spending too much time doing accounting. Hey, let me get a bookkeeper, something like that. I think we've all been there for work, but you mentioned the, per- the what got me curious is like the personal side, because I, um, the, when you said he has it mapped out of all the different things he had done, I was thinking like, how does he have so much stuff he has to do? I don't understand. But uh. <laughs> I mean, well, why first when I when I think about personal, why I wanted to come to you and talk about this is because you are, I think, one of the best people when it comes to auditing a company and figuring out what tasks should like myself, you, all of our team members, like what should we not be doing? I think you are a master at that. I mean, the amount of processes you've put in place, the amount of times that we've outsourced things before, like you were the best. And so that's why I was like, oh, this is kind of a <laughs> challenge for Albert to be like, he's talking about personal life as well. Um, and so when it comes to what Dan does, like, I don't know his whole life, but he did send me, send me his whole house manager handbook because the first thing that came up in my head was my pushback of like, I'm not going to be allowing like my personal life to be taken care of by my company. That's just weird. That needs to stay separate. So that was my first pushback towards Dan. And then he starts talking to me about like, well, your personal life literally will impact the company every single day. Like if you don't have a good schedule going on, if you're getting pulled into like unnecessary things, how are you going to show up and be a good founder every day? So like if you can spend money on that and then come up and come to the company and show up, you know, and earn three times the amount of revenue because you're able to focus on these things, don't you think that's a good thing to invest in. And he's like, instead of just getting a another salesperson in your company, what if you got an admin in your life? And yes, they could help with the company stuff, but they're also just helping organize your life. And he's like, don't you think that admin would be way more important than an extra salesperson? Because then you can work on something much higher value. And so my second pushback was most people don't know how to run my life as well as I do. It's my life. I've built out the schedules that I have. I know the groceries I want. I know how to water the plants in my house. Like, I'm the best. And he emails me a handbook of his house assistant. And the details in this handbook of how to take care of his life are insane. I mean, it's like everything, everything you can think about, whatever you're doing, Albert, or your wife, I don't know how you guys split things up. But if it's like watering plants outside, going to get groceries, even if it's ordering stuff on Amazon Prime, maybe I know you don't have Prime, but um, ordering groceries, like getting oil changes, car washes, like all these tasks add up to a lot. And if you're trying to do that and trying to run your business and just trying to do everything, his whole point was like, eventually you will hit a point where you're like, this is too much. And like running a business is obviously just hard and I don't want to do it. Like it's too hard. Why am I going to keep growing this? The more that I grow it, the harder it gets. So I think it's very interesting thinking about it all as one concept. So my first thought is this person must be really anal because they have certain requirements and standards that they want their life to like look like or emulate or match. And I would say this is like, this has more to do about what you care about and what you prioritize than like, it's a skill that will fully unlock whatever he think he's saying you can unlock. And, and let me explain. So the biggest thing is like, I like things that are what I would call stress-free. I mean, that's, that's, that's the number one way I would say I live my life is like, I live a very stress-free lifestyle. I like, I constantly think about how I don't want to do things. Right. And so I don't include anything in my life that I in general don't want to do. But does your wife end up doing it though? Like, does she end up having to pick up the slack because you're like, well, I don't feel like doing it. Like, cause I feel like someone has to in a lot of areas. Like what? Okay. Laundry. 
Yeah, she does do a lot of laundry, but I do, I do my own laundry. Okay, what about um, your kids? Because <laughs> I, I feel bad for her. Uh, I do my own laundry. When I do do laundry for the kids, I make them put it away. And she doesn't do that. Like, she'll fold it because she likes it a certain way. But I think it's okay for the kids to yeah. have, you know, relatively not well-folded clothes put away. Um, but also, it doesn't really occupy that much of my life uh, to the point where I think I could get something intrinsically more valuable. When I think of how much... I would have to think about like scheduling and making like, I think that would probably make my life worse uh, personally because I don't have that much, that many things I have to do. Mm -hmm. um, so when, I mean, he might just be a busier person than me. You know what I mean? Like he just might be substantially busier and that's, that's probably true. Like, you know, he just has more things to do. Work-wise, it's easy because you can say, hey, this if I were to put a dollar value on time and how much time it takes to do something and then how much I could, potentially hire somebody for and put a dollar value on their time because effectively at the end of the day every, everything's based on time um then you can say hey i want an engineer to do this and i want to automate this or i want to uh possibly get cloud workers to work on this i think that is easy to assess but like my personal life i don't know if any one thing takes up that much time have you ever done a time audit before because you do this with our team members you have them do a time audit which i thought is brilliant but have you ever done well because that's the first thing he recommends is like do a time audit of your life for a week or whatever and just kind of see, is there anything that's taking up more time than you think? Nothing that I find annoying. I'll put it okay. that way. Like I enjoy, so like, you know, for example, there's a lot of people say like, well, you don't know, like Instacart, right? I've literally never mm -hmm. used it. I've never, I've never once used it. I've never found the need to use it. But my total time in a grocery store a week is like an hour. And it doesn't bother me at all. Oh, see, I feel like I have a very different life than you then. Because if I think about my life, I mean, groceries for six people in our house, I feel like we're there. I'm either ordering it, which takes about half an hour because I don't always order those same things. Or I'm in the grocery store and that takes like two hours a week. But then trying to coordinate for the kids because I'm like, oh, bringing four kids to the grocery store, that sounds pretty terrible. So like <laughs> then trying to coordinate, can I get care for the kids for me to escape and be able to go to the grocery store for like, I'll call it an hour and a half, whatever it might be. It just adds a lot more time. Like a lot more thought goes into even me trying to get out somewhere to go somewhere to the grocery store, for instance. But my kids are smaller, not as self-sufficient. You know, I don't have a husband that I can just assume like is going to just, you know, watch the kids. Like I have to find childcare. Um, so maybe it's a little bit different, but I feel like little things like that do add up for me. Yeah. Because when I think of if I had a house manager that did all the things I wanted to do in a given week to my specification, number one, I don't think I have 40 hours of work to do. Like, I, I don't think that person would spend 40 hours. No. So well, I don't, I don't think they're just person. a house manager. I think they're a mix. Like, they keep stuff with the house, like whatever you need done there. They're also like an admin with the business. They're probably reading your emails. So it's, it's not just a house manager. He sent me for the for this person to be able to help out with the house here's the things that you need to know and it was very very detailed tasks but i think that same person is also reading his emails and only keeping the ones that he needs to respond to in his inbox i think they're also arranging travel for him like whenever he's traveling which i mean we don't travel much at mission obviously but i know this dude does all the time like he's always traveling yeah i mean i think he just lives a significantly busier yeah. lifestyle and he wants to accomplish all these different things which i'm not i got nothing against but for me I think how I'm able to op whatever you think about me, I, that's one thing I've noticed what, what seemingly um, 
true about myself and not others is like, I feel like I have a lot more, it does feel like I have a lot more time to myself mm -hmm. um, than other people based on just what I hear about, like just conversation, like, right. Oh, I have to do this, this, and this. I'm like, mm -hmm. those don't sound like yeah. hard things to me. I don't know. I mean, I think I, I just live in a way where I don't have that much stuff in my way, but I do. The one thing I'll say about the, this concept is like this concept also assumes like, you know, and you hit the nail on the head, which is like that you can somehow make more um, that you could make. You could legitimately turn your time into more cash or more whatever uh, by investing in your business. But I do know that. So there's probably like a level of success like you have to be at yeah. in order to, for him, his like advice to even matter. Well, that's why it's like you have to even have a dollar per hour that you're worth that then it would even make sense to be like, okay, I'm going to find something at my company that, you know, is double that or whatever it might be. So, yeah, I think you have to have something going on. You can't just be like, yeah. you know, I don't know, staying at home, thinking about your next thing and being like, mm, I'm going to outsource my whole life. And like, you don't have a thing yet. I think it's once you, I mean, his thing was once you get to 12 people reporting to you and $1 million, that's usually when people either, um, like their company dies or are they sabotage it or whatever? Cause it starts getting hard at that point at $1 million and 12 people reporting to you. Um, well, that's a, that's, that's a bad number. I so? can tell you that's a bad ratio. So you should be at 1.2 if you have 12 people. Uh, 1.2 versus that. one. <laughs> Fine. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you should be at 1.2 million. I mean, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. Cause that shows you your rev. You don't have quite enough revenue to carry that many employees. When I hear books like this, I often think to myself, this is just, it's kind of for rich people who have run out of things to buy. Okay, I, don't, I definitely <laughs> so do not buy. agree that's for rich people. <laughs> no way. I think so. Okay. You would have to be wealthy to already even consider this. I don't know. I'm not so sure. I think that it can be for any entrepreneur. I think this book could be a good... like. Dude, a, I think people that have Amazon Prime act like they're rich. Because I'm cheap. Oh like, that's the well, thing. That's is why, like, I live in a certain that's way. That's why I wanted to talk to you about this. I'm like, you and I are so different. Like, I will choose the thing to make my life more efficient. I will choose the Amazon Prime. I will, whatever that looks like, like, I will definitely invest in something if it makes my life easier. So that's why I was like, I think this is an interesting concept for you and I to, like, talk about. Because I thought we'd be kind of on, you know, definitely different ends of the spectrum, which yeah. we kind of are. Well. I do make my life easier because I, I, I choose to neglect things in my life because well I think it makes it easier. Well, then, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, so I think that's also, it depends on if you're like willing to let things go. Some people are okay with yeah. that. Some people like me are maybe not where I'm like, I want certain things to be done a certain way. If not, it kind of makes me uncomfortable. makes me uneasy if like <laughs> things are falling behind. So that definitely depends on personalities. And then I also think family setup. Like if you have a 50-50 support in your family, I think that's very different too. If you're not really like that, like I think there's a lot of factors, uh, but I still yeah. think like at the very, like back to the basics, why something like this is interesting is because I still think a lot of people don't learn, whether it's their personal life like or their business. I don't think many people stop and audit in the early days, in the under $1 million revenue range, how many people stop and be like, okay, this is draining my energy. This is something I could outsource for like $18 an hour. And then if I went and I worked over here and I did what I was best at, I did like whatever actually put me in my sweet spot, put me in my flow spot and actually makes money at the company. If I could spend time there, like how much could I grow the company? Cause I'm already seeing a little bit of success here. I already see if I get that sales meeting in person, I already see if I make that one extra connection, like what it can do to my company. And so maybe I shouldn't spend it doing all these cold you know emails when someone can do that for me and i could instead focus on like in person or whatever the example is i don't know how many yeah. people look at that in the early days 
like under 1 million and actually think about like, what is my time worth? Because I know what I was like in the early days of founding a company and it was my time's worth well, nothing. I don't think it's an option. My time is literally zero dollars. Yeah. Well, I think it, I think it can be an option. People that have money. This is for people who have money. I though. think it could have been an option in the early days to outsource a few more things. I think how long I was in the weeds and I don't think it was necessary. I think I was in the weeds for literally like, yeah, longer than it had to be, like years longer than it had to be. Once we had that first contract of like a sponsorship, more things could have been outsourced and focused on. And that wasn't really something we were thinking about. Like, I mean, so many of us were just heads down and it's easy to keep something working the way it's always been working. Like, this is how we've been doing it. And now we have something and now we have to scramble instead of like taking a breath and look around and be like, okay, are we like, should we still be doing things this way? Even though we can, even though I'm good at it, like, should we still be doing things this way? So yes, you need money, but I think I look back and I think that we didn't focus we, you weren't even really here, <laughs> but like <laughs> in the early days, it's, it's easy to miss that and just keep doing whatever you're doing. Well, I would say it's also, it's always easier in my opinion to outsource something that's binary versus something that requires a level of judgment. So bookkeeping is easy to outsource, mm -hmm. making financial decisions hard to outsource, yep. right? Because that's so everyone sees the same numbers, but the judgments you take afterward, you need some level of expertise, uh, some type of understanding something like that, keeping the books easy. So outsourcing anything that's more, like I said, binary outcome, I think is smart. So one of the things that we decided to go to cloud workers was it just took forever to get all these assets onto the, all these different mediums because there's no, you know, mass publication tool. Someone needs out there, go invent that for me. Um, so meaning for mission, when we publish an, a piece of content, we wanted it on our website, WordPress. We wanted it in each of the players, we wanted it on YouTube. We wanted it on social media. We wanted to use native functions of social media that weren't available in publishing tools, such as tagging users. And so all of these things required labor, basically, and it required labor. And so once it was pretty clear and obvious that this is just, it's either done or not done, then it became more clear to be like, okay, then we can outsource this because it's just a, it's a, it's, it's a binary function and therefore meaning success, not success. And it can be outsourced. So we worked with cloud workers to get that done. And that sa ended up saving, you know, probably close to two hours per episode. Mm -hmm. um, and at the volume we were producing, and it was pretty substantial. what's even better is the happiness of the team when we were having someone else do that work. Like that, priceless. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're talking about if you were a producer of a show and you oversaw one show, that's four hours of your week. It doesn't sound like a lot, but it'll add up. And so, plus, you can get it for significantly less. And so for me, and we did enough of it, that makes total sense. That's why like for the personal life stuff, like I just do not have enough requirements in my personal life to ever even consider hiring somebody. Like even if I were to value my time at $200 an hour, I don't even know if I spend three hours a week doing things I don't want to do. Do you guys clean your own house? Yes. You and Jen both do it together? I would say she has a different standard than I do. So is Jen mostly doing it then or because that's what I'm trying to understand. I mean, I do the dishes every okay. night. No, I mean like clean, clean. Like you're like in the toilet cleaning. That's what I'm talking about here. I clean the toilet. I clean the toilets. <laughs> I do the plunging. Do the yeah, plunging. unfortunately, I've never. I want to say in my personal life, I, I've never had to plunge a toilet. But since I've had kids, I've plunged a toilet <laughs> twice a month. Minimal. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I'm not talking about plunge like snake. I got to get the Ew. snake out and like. Hey, hey, that's not my life it has yet. to get done. Other, the only time that's my life is if one of the twins just unrolls an entire 
like toilet roll into the toilet and it just starts flushing it. So I've had that. <laughs> other than that, it doesn't happen often, but yeah, but so like uh, hiring a plumber would be like three hundred bucks or whatever. Like, no, I'd yeah. rather just go do it no, myself. No, certain things. Thumb, I mean, I think right. there's how much time will it take to actually spend booking them too? I know how to do that thing. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a balance. Um, but I'm also I'm very early in this book. I thought this was just more like an intro of like I was gonna put out feelers and see like, are you on the side of the fence that I think you're on? Yes, kind of, and. I'll see with this book if it, you know, like I said, I'm early couple chapters, so I'm not deep in it. Mainly just want to check it out because he was a good guy and it seemed interesting. So after I read some more, I'll bring back other concepts and we can debate them. <laughs> yeah, I would say that this is my personal perspective. Like the people who need or would benefit from this kind of stuff, like they, they just care, I think, a lot more about a lot more things and probably have a lot more like demands or standards or um, things that they find that they get a lot of satisfaction out of whereas i come from like a it's easier to like not have it um that's my mentality i'm always thinking to myself well if it's easier to not have i'd rather just not have it because like i view owning things like you know straight out of fight club the things you own end up owning you by tyler durden <laughs> like i just feel that way like i do not like having nice stuff it bothers me well what about when you start getting into more Section 8 housing, which we talked about in a previous episode, to me, that is a lot of tasks that maybe don't all need to be done by you. Like, And especially if you have more than one of those. I have a property manager okay. for so sure. So you're kind yeah. of outsourcing like some things then. Yeah, but that's 10%. That's 10% of, uh, that's 10 of monthly rents. It's not a big headache. Mm -hmm. It's not a big cost and there's not... Yeah, I outsource. I do outsource. Okay, so then it that, just depends. Work. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah. work, but it just kind of depends then on like which areas. Okay, well... One of these episodes, yeah. I will fully unravel your life and really figure out what's happening. But <laughs> until then, um, we are going to give you some key takeaways from this episode. But as you heard, there are two very differing opinions. So if you resonate with me, I will give you mine now, and then you'll hear Albert's after this. So the one thing that I recently read was that only 5% of what you're doing is driving 95% of the business results that are occurring all around you. That was a Columbia business study, not my words. That was from Dan's book. So if you agree with that and you're trying to figure out how to optimize your time, the three things I'm going to leave you with are to follow Dan's methodology, which is first, audit your life. Audit your life, audit your business, look around and find all the things that are low value tasks. They're not bringing you energy. They're sucking your energy. Really map out your life and do a study every single day. Second, whatever those tasks are, transfer them to someone else. Find someone who can do them for less. Whatever your dollar per hour is of like how you value your time, find someone who can do it for less. And the most important piece is to fill your time with something of high value. That's the trickiest piece is finding something that will actually bring your company more revenue and bring you more time and more fulfillment. So those three things I'm going to give you as a challenge today. And with that, I'm going to send you off with Albert, who was on the, who's on the other side of the world. Albert, what you got? Yeah. So... I come from a different place, but I do agree with some of the principles of Dan. The biggest thing I quantify it down to is actually mind share. Like whatever occupies your mind and things that you don't like to do, that is something you should certainly either outsource or somehow get rid of. For me personally, I, I mean, it kind of is like a no mindset. I say no to anything that I think I'm going to worry about. And so or it's going to bother me, or I, I don't think it's going to create that much time. So some of the things that I say no to, which when people hear this, they're going to be like, this is insanity. But like, I don't go to any acquaintance parties. 
It's total waste. What do you mean by acquaintance? I don't want to meet anyone. Oh, okay, new, okay. Right. No one new. Like you have to be a good friend of mine. I, no, or dude, I get invited to a party. I say no all the time. I I've been I've declined to go to weddings all the time. I'm like I don't want to go. Like, why would I want to go to this? I don't want to meet anyone new. All right, eating out. I don't eat out. Team like anything like with like family dinners. We don't eat dinner as a family. Throw that away. Waste of time. <laughs> but I do say yes to family vacations. All right. So, mm. am I going to take my whole family to Hawaii and Costa Rica this year? I am. So it's not like I don't spend time with my family, but I like when I consider it a small thing, I typically don't, I just say no to it. Um, like I say no to Netflix. I say no to watching TV. I say no to a fancy car. I say no to so much stuff, including Amazon prime. Instead of just like, I cannot believe this guy uh, even lives. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how do you live? Jeez. <laughs> Buying new clothes? No, I don't do that. I view it as like prioritization. Like I prioritize the things I enjoy doing the most. And I know for myself, like when something occupies my mind, I generally have less joy from it. And so I only find joy in a handful of things. And so I've just, that's the only things I say yes to. Everything else, I basically say no to. I don't even, I mean, I've tried it in the past, right? But that's how I live. And I think it frees up a lot of my time. Um, I feel like I have a lot of time. So I feel good about what I'm doing. I don't know if I'm the per, you know, a good mentor. I don't, I don't know if anyone else could follow this mindset because you might feel like you're missing out on stuff. But in general, I do not feel like I miss out on anything. I've I've figured out long ago like these are there's only a handful of things that bring me joy, and I only do those things. And so that means usually saying no to a lot of stuff. All right. Well, there you have it. I do kind of agree with that. Only pick the things that bring you joy. So. For yeah. whoever's listening, you've got two ways to think about life right now. Let us know which one you... How to add yeah. more or just strip out, strip or out everything. Or a middle ground. There could be a middle ground, <laughs> but you get to decide. Um, let us know what you guys think. Let us know if you're Team Albert or Team Steph. I mean, obviously, I know where you should be, but let us know. And until next time, we will see you guys in tomorrow's episode. Also, if you like this one or if you have any ideas, send us an email at info at mission.org. And also, do not forget to give us a rating and a review on Mission Daily. We want to know what you guys think, how you're feeling about these episodes. So please let us know. Till next time. Hey, listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word, and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.